today is the last Sunday in the church season of Lent, and we find ourselves once again in John's Gospel. Now, as we dig into this text a bit today, there are a few things I'd like you to remember as we go into John a bit. John, in particular, in his Gospel, is interested in the relationship between God and God's beloved. That's what John's Gospel all comes down to. In fact, the often quoted verse, the word became flesh and dwelled among us, comes from the beginning of this very gospel. It's all about God coming close. Throughout this gospel, John wants us to understand that the actions and the words of God are all in pursuit of a relationship between God and us. So, for example, when Jesus invites the disciples into this movement, he says, come and see. Last week, we heard from John's third chapter, For God so loved the world. God so loved the world that God gave us Jesus. One of my favorite interpretations of that very verse is that God could no longer be away from the creation God so loved. And so God came to us, dwelled with us, drew close to us. The very last verse of John's Gospel talks about, or the very end of John's Gospel talks about that this is why I came, so that you may know me, that you may know God. So God, especially the God we meet in John's Gospel, is one who draws close, comes to us, seeks to be in relationship to us. Our text this morning continues on this theme. Now, among those who went to worship at the festival were some Greeks. That seems kind of like a random detail, I know, but the point of it is they weren't local. They probably weren't from the surrounding areas around Jerusalem. They were Greek, far away. They were from far away. And they had heard about Jesus, even from far away. Word had been traveling. And they want something more. They don't want to be just told about Jesus anymore. They want to meet him. They're no longer satisfied with stories or words or secondhand accounts. They want the relationship. So they come to Philip and they say, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. I so feel like we can relate to these Greeks. Sometimes we also want to have more than just the words. We want to have more than just hearing about God at work in the world. We want to have our own encounter with Jesus. We want to have our own experience of God. It's why we sign up for mission trips and vision trips, why we volunteer to serve others, why we join small groups, and even why we continue to come to church. We want more than just the stories, more than just the words. We want relationships. So I think we find ourselves kind of right alongside the Greeks this morning asking, I want to see Jesus. When Philip brings this message to Andrew and then Andrew brings it to Jesus, Jesus responds with, it is time for the Father to be glorified, for the Son of Man to be glorified. He responds with that, it is time. Now so many other moments in John's Gospel, Jesus' response to a question is, the hour has not yet come. But not today. 
Today, Jesus responds with, the hour is here. The hour has come. And then Jesus continues with this kind of out of place story. Very truly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. And I kind of picture Andrew and Peter standing there like, um, yeah, that's not what we asked exactly. We kind of wanted to know if you wanted to meet these guys and not really about plants. So could you answer our question? Uh, I feel like they're just standing there with like perplexed face. And I think in that way, we're a lot like the disciples too. We don't always grasp what it is Jesus is saying, what he's trying to get across in these moments. It sometimes feels like he's speaking another language, one that no one else but him understands. Jesus says this phrase, those who love their life will lose it, those who reject their life will keep it. It kind of makes no sense. And Jesus is responding. All of these words are in response to a request for meeting him. They just say, we want to meet Jesus, and Jesus responds with this odd paragraph. But he responds with the speech about what following him actually looks like. It's like he's saying, you want to see me? Are you sure? Because meeting me costs you something. Following me is going to change you. He uses this image of a seed. He said, it looks like a seed to meet me. If you hold on to it, hold it in your hands and never plant it in the dirt, then it's just going to stay the same and it does nothing. As any gardener knows, seeds expire. Seeds that aren't planted and sit in a little envelope in your kitchen, they eventually die and do nothing. But Jesus says if, it, if it's planted, then the seed essentially dies and gives way to new life. I had a cartoon in mind when I heard this part of Jesus's lesson today. So see the little seed in the top corner? He says, ah, I could stay like this forever. We all feel like that little seed sometimes, right? And then he starts blossoming. Wait, what's happening to me? Oh, the pain, kill me now. Huh. I think it's such a good image of what death and new life feels like. I think I keep saying this over and over again because I am experiencing it in my own life and I feel like we experience it in the world, but hopefully all the repeating of me saying this thing over and over again that new life always needs to have death first is not wearing on you yet because it's certainly not wearing on me. I need to keep hearing this over and over again that in order to have new life, something needs to die. New life always follows death in God's kingdom. But sometimes we are so afraid of things dying that we hold on to them tightly, like a plant we're unwilling to plant in the soil. Jesus reminds us that following him means we have to give up a lot of things we'd rather hang on to. We'd rather not let some parts of our lives die. When we come to this place, this church, like those Greeks, wishing to see Jesus, the question then becomes, are we prepared for what we find when we look? 
following Jesus might not look the way we think it will. It looks like a seed being planted in the ground. Jesus hears the request to meet him and says it's time and then heads towards the cross like he also can't just talk about it anymore but has to show us what exactly it looks like to follow him, what it means to be in relationship with God. I'm not sure if this Jesus is the one the Greeks were expecting. In fact, I'm not really sure it's the one we want either when we ask to meet Jesus. But this is the one that we get. One who comes to dwell with us. One who continually seeks us out, finds us where we are, and invites us to come and see. One who loves us enough to give up his life for ours without asking anything in return. One who, as Pastor Chad said last week, loves without have-tos. One who tells us this morning the ruler of this world will be driven out and the new kingdom will not be run the way the kingdom of this world is run. This Jesus who promises new life even in the face of the worst kind of death. Lutheran pastor David Lowe says the point of following Jesus is that we might be more drawn deeply into the kingdom of God through our love for, service to, and sacrifice on behalf of those around us. This is what Jesus is asking for, right? And Lowe's continues, Jesus comes to demonstrate God's strength through vulnerability, God's power through what appears weak in the eyes of the world, and God's justice through love, mercy, and forgiveness. And he calls those who would follow him to this very same kind of life and love. This whole thing gets started by a request from some of the Greeks. Can we meet Jesus? And you know, we don't actually find out in this story if they get to meet him or not. John doesn't say. We don't get to know if their request is granted. But what John is trying to get across about God, that moment doesn't matter. The moment that matters is the ending. Jesus says today, after this is all over, and they don't know what he's talking about, but we do. After this is all over, he will draw all people to himself. And again, like I said, they don't have an idea, any clue at all of what he is talking about. And Jesus still, yet again today, reminds us clarity is not the goal of this gospel. God's action through Jesus does not rely on our understanding, on our belief, or on our certainty. Drawing all people to God is the goal. It's the completion of what Jesus came to do, to bring all people into a relationship with God. Even for those who do not understand, who struggle, who are left on the outside, those who doubt There's a moment in this story where God verifies or basically bears witness to what Jesus is saying. And the people around hear only thunder. I love that. They're expecting something else out of this Jesus guy, and they miss the moment God says, listen to him. I'm telling you what this guy says is true. 
Jesus talking about himself dying and talking in code about seeds and plants and loving your life and hating your life is so confusing and it is not what they expect and they miss the moment. But what I love is that there is hope even for those of us, and I count myself in that group, that miss the moment. When we don't quite understand Jesus will be revealed to all who have missed it, to all of us, no matter if we have had the opportunity to come face to face with Jesus or not, if we've had an experience with Jesus or not, or if we're holding on to our one seed and unwilling to let it go into the ground and die, Jesus goes to the cross for everyone and says, when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. This is what is coming. See, if this is the last Sunday in Lent, that means next week begins Holy Week. We start with Palm Sunday, and if you find yourself wishing to see Jesus, you feel that draw and you're not quite sure why, then your chance is here to experience Jesus in all of the ways It means to follow him. We will see Jesus being treated like a celebrity as he enters Jerusalem. We will see him around the table on Maundy Thursday, humbling himself and washing the feet of his disciples. We'll hear his words of love to those gathered around the table as he gives them a new covenant, a new promise with himself as the center. We will see him in prayer in the garden. We will see him arrested condemned and killed, we will see him on the cross, offering words of love and redemption even at the worst moment in history. We will see him be laid in the tomb. And we will see him lifted up from the earth, just like he said when we didn't understand what he was talking about. And we will experience the moment in which Jesus, like Katie gave us in that magnet, draws you to himself. His great love draws you to himself. As the Jeremiah text predicts for us or lays out in an interesting way, he says, they will all know me. In that moment, they will all know me, everyone, from the least of them to the greatest. And I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. Now that is some good news. Amen. So uh, I'm just coming off three days in North Carolina at a conference where over and over and over again, they invited all these people to come up and speak to answer the question, in this day, in this time, in this world, why are you still Christian? My third year going to this conference, you'd think I'd be tired of hearing people's answers to that question by now, but I am not, and I will go next year again, because it is always astoundingly beautiful to watch people speak to why they come to church and what they experience when they do have this connection and relationship with God and how that relationship changes their life and how that movement carries them out into the world. And so as much as we like to think we're kind of like those Greeks today saying, hey, we want to see Jesus, I, I actually think we're here because we already have. And we've reached out and we've gotten the promise placed in our hands 
as Teddy says, Jesus bread. We got a little Jesus bread today placed in our hands, and and we get to, to eat and taste and see that it is good. And then we have to look for those people in the world who are asking the question of us, why are you Christian? Why do you do this church thing? Why do you believe what you believe? Because what they're asking is the same thing those Greeks are asking, which is, I kind of want to see Jesus. And our job is to bring them in. And so, like Katie gave us that great image of the magnet, that's kind of our job this week, right? In the next couple weeks, we have all these opportunities to invite people into this story about what God has done and continues to do for you and drawing you in to this relationship that we have with our God. So, do we take that good news into the world to go in peace and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.